Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. My name is Rosh, and you know, I wanted to start to bring some folks on who have been really understanding and dealing with the struggles that many of us who are under that sub 10,000 mark as a YouTuber. And I put the call out for YouTubers who are just, just passing or recently passed the 1,000 subscriber mark. And, you know, it's a big deal when you hit 100 and when you hit 1,000. It takes a lot of work. And different people reach that goal at different paces, depending on the, the topic, uh, you know, how often you upload. I mean, there's, there are many, many factors. But I wanted to talk with some folks as it relates to, you know, real life. You know, what, what does it take? Whether it took them three months, six months, or a year, or more, what was it like and what was that journey like? One of the people that raised their hand is Arthur Guy, who has a channel that recently, I believe, uh, crossed 1,000. I'm going to hand this over to Arthur to share his story and what his channel is about, which is, I found rather interesting. So, Arthur, first, welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. And second, tell us about you. Thanks. Uh, happy to be here. And so my name is Arthur Guy. Uh, my channel is Reckless Regal. Uh, the Reckless Regal is actually my car. It's a 1981 Buick Regal, um, which most people would probably identify more with a Buick Grand National. Mm -hmm. uh, most people don't know what a Buick Regal is, but the Grand National is kind of iconic. Similar car. Um, so we kind of relate it to that. Sure. Um, my channel actually, so I started this in 2016. Mm -hmm. And did a couple of videos, maybe four or five videos, and was just kind of getting my feet wet. Not a lot of production into them. You know, I started with a GoPro, so the, the quality wasn't that great. And it took me that year to build, I want to say, about 250 subscribers. Mm -hmm. And then the channel sat dormant for several years. And I actually re-jump-started it uh, last year. I uploaded my first video of this go-around February 1st of last year. Okay. With right around 250 subscribers at that time. And this was a totally different deal. I have Premiere now. I've, I've experimented with, with editing. I have, you know, a copyright free music. I have a Canon 80D, so I have better quality. Um, and I, I said to myself, kind of as an internal goal, if I can hit 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year, we'll keep doing this. If not, hey, it was fun. You know, right. we'll move on. Sure. And the first couple months, that didn't look very promising. And, you know, I, I had a couple of videos that were not car related, but still in that realm that took off that, you know, uh, they got 20, 30,000 views, nice. but they weren't converting necessarily to subscribers because right. that wasn't my typical content. But what I found is that the very, the next subscriber you're trying to get is the hardest. And the last one you got is the easiest <laughs> sure because is. That's good. The, the gain started to compound. And what I found was that I would go from one subscriber a day to two to four to six. And that started to have this snowball effect. Right. And it got to about October when I was, I realized, no, I'm sorry, got to September. And I realized that this was a possibility now. I right. was sitting around 800, 900, something like that. You could just taste it, couldn't you? Yeah. I, I knew <laughs> it, we could, it, it was within reach, right? Yeah. 
so what I actually did for the last couple of videos um, of that year was I made a little, you know, 45 second spot. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, basically shared my goal with everybody and said, listen, you know, this is the goal I set. I want to keep doing the videos, but we got to, we got to hit this mark. Right. right. And I interrupted my videos halfway through when I put that little spot in there to just to ask people to subscribe. Oh, interesting. And what happened was not only did I hit the goal, I hit the goal early. Mm -hmm. um, I hit it in early November. But what's crazy about that is that after I hit the, the thousand subscriber goal, then it took off. Yeah. And instead of ending the goal or end of the year with the thousand, which six months into the year I thought was impossible. And at the end of the year, I thought, hey, maybe we might make it. Right. I ended the year with around 14, 1500. Nice. Excellent. So you, essentially you created your own little commercial in the exactly, middle of yeah. your, uh, of your video. Interesting thought. I mean, cause that, that could be a turn off. It, it could be a turn on. I mean, it just really, I guess, depends on your audience, but that, that was a gutsy and but brilliant move. Yeah, I took, so as creators and I, I'm, yeah. you know, I, I do uh, web design and graphic design also. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always in this creative realm. Right. Um, and I was looking for some sort of inspiration, and I followed a another podcast that is no longer around, but it was actually it's called the Chief and Sean Show, and it was mm -hmm. from yeah. a couple guys that were on a Discovery a TV show on Discovery. Right. And when they the very beginning of their podcast, they basically have a very similar sketch to what I do, where they basically say, you know, if you want us to keep doing it, you know, go like it, go subscribe it, go follow us on social, all that stuff. Right. So that was kind of. I drew from that as inspiration and said, well, we're going to do the same thing. I'm just going to move it, you know, a minute into the video instead of right yeah, up front. Right, right. Yeah. So the people who are listening already committed to the video were there and yeah, nice. Interesting. Did, did you see any big drop off maybe for, I mean, 45 seconds can still be a pretty long period of time. Uh, was there any drop off? Did it's the people just kind of ride through it like a, normal maybe commercial or or through your video what did you yeah, say it, it was a little bit longer than i wanted it to be just to mm -hmm. get the message across um i didn't see any negative impacts from it um, hmm. i actually saw exactly what i wanted from it you know my, right. my views on those videos are actually higher than the videos that i did earlier this year right uh, except for one that's taken off for an unknown reason um, but <laughs> those videos yeah. have higher views those videos have converted to more subscribers so nice. It, it's worked. Very nice. Yeah, that, that does bring an interesting, you know, element. I mean, I, I think people could use that idea in a number of different ways. Um, if you have a longer video, such as 10 minutes, how long are your videos, by the way? They're between 10 to 15 minutes, typically. Okay, so, yeah, so perfect. So, you know, you have people in, you know, maybe at the five minute mark, you could, it could be a subscribe, but it could also be something that's just a little more about you to help build that bond or that, that development. There are a number of ways you could approach this that I think is, is really, really interesting. So, Arthur, how did you decide, did you, did you think much about your audience specifically? Who, who are you targeting your videos towards did you put a lot of thought into that specifically or did you just kind of go with look here's my story and um, you know if anyone's interested they're interested what, what was your approach I didn't necessarily think about who the audience was because that's going to be predefined since I'm in the automotive 
uh, demographic. Right. But I do put a lot of thought into how the audience behaves, and I think of myself as a viewer a lot. Good. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm editing my videos, they go through so many rounds because I'll sit there and I'll watch the video back, and all of a sudden I realize I'm bored with this clip, or mm. I'm losing, you know, you're, I'm losing my own attention. Right. Which then, is a good indicator. I mean, it, it really right. is. I, I mean, I found watch. myself, you know, just kind of wandering off and thought through my own video. And I think, uh-oh. <laughs> exactly. If, if I'm not interested and right. I am, you know, I have a vested interest in this, why would right. someone else be interested? Right. So I do thinking about it from the viewer perspective in that aspect a lot. Sure. So you, you know, were there any points along the way that you felt like, you know, you, you've laid out your journey pretty well, but did you feel like some points like, you know, maybe I should just quit? You know, is this really worth it along the way? Absolutely. Um, especially in the beginning, you know, when I had those those first couple of videos yeah. and it, it didn't blow up overnight, you know, and right. I approached a couple of companies and this was in my infancy. I approached a couple of companies about, hey, let me do, you know, maybe an unboxing video for you or let me put your parts on the car and I'll feature you on the channel type of stuff. And they weren't really receptive to it because yeah. – who's this kid with 150 subscribers? We don't care about right. him. Right. You know, it's, right. it, so it's, it's frustrating to kind of get that momentum going, especially in the beginning. So yeah, I mean that and some other life events are kind of why this channel sat dormant for so many years mm. until I just yeah. recently decided to get back into it. Right. So what do you like about video? What, what's compared to maybe other, you know, an Instagram feed of, you know, you going through your car. I mean, there, there are a number of different platforms you could use, but what, what draw you, draws you to YouTube specifically? I like video because it allows me to tell a story. Yeah. And I find, especially in the automotive um, demographic, there are a lot of people who are putting maybe not the most accurate information out there about here's how to do this process or mm. here's how this product works type of thing. And with pictures, I mean, you can only tell so much. People aren't going to read a, a lengthy post, you know, on Facebook, but they'll right. sit and watch a five-minute video. So it gives me not only a way to tell the story, but it gives me a more entertaining way because right. we have the visual element. We have working on the car. We have, you know, the background and the B-roll and that type of stuff. So it's, it's all about telling that story for me. Yeah, you know, and when we were talking before we hit the record button, you were talking about story and how that was important for your channel. And I, I think, you know, you know, some of the best channels certainly have good, solid story elements, even if they're educational. I mean, they, if you have a good story behind it, I've seen them um, really kind of grow a little bit faster just because of that. Um what, what are some of the key elements of story for you that seem to work that maybe you've seen your audience react to? That's an interesting question. Actually, the, the, what I see, saw the audience react the most to mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the story, and it was completely on accident. Oh, okay. um, so I was – I work on the car. I have a shop in my house, and the camera angle that I had had uh, the facing the car, but yeah. and I was working on the car. But behind me, you could see the door into the house, mm -hmm. and it was in the middle of this shoot. And it's something that you can't redo. I, so I was welding, and you can't oh, okay. unweld, right? So right, right. We have we're committed to this shot, right? No matter what happens. Well, halfway through this the shot, my uh, five-year-old at the time opens the door 
and asks me if he can have a juice box, <laughs> right? <laughs> so great. I was going to crop it out, but I decided, well, let's just leave it in. So yeah. I had a little record scratch and I had him re-record that line with, you know, with the mic. So it sounded good. Right. And I left it in there. Yeah. That has been the most popular thing on my channel. That, that, and you, you can see why, I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, if you really just sit back and realize, you know, a little real world here and in just little depth in ter in terms of who you are and your life and, and just a funny moment. I mean, that's, that's great. Yeah. That's I think the real world aspect is what it is. Um, yeah. I have a, so my welding teacher also has a YouTube channel his is much bigger than mine. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about that juice box moment yeah. and he said he has similar experiences and you know with with especially with welding it's everyone on the internet's perfect right right, right. so he, he'll say you know when he, when he shows some sort of you know human like i guess when he messes up like he's yeah. not perfect right those are the things people pick up the most right so it's just that you know hey i'm not like youtube perfect everything's edited i'm a real person basically right. it's real life yeah, I mean that. I mean that's some. There's some really good clues in there. That you're just talking about your channel and, and what you've discovered. I mean, it seems like these are things that people who have had success have certainly have discovered, and you know, definitely continue down that road. What What are some of the things you hope to gain now that you've crossed that 1,000 mark? And let me share quickly my philosophy on on that, and then I want your opinion. Is once you hit that one thousand, although some people kind of throw that ten thousand at you too, but once you hit that one thousand mark, it's kind of doors wide open. You know, the the big pressure is off because every channel grows at a different pace, and some channels are never going to make it to a gold play button. But man, if you made it to silver, awesome, or even twenty thousand, that's great for your genre. What are your thoughts about that as you passed that one thousand subscriber mark? Um, I'm definitely optimistic and pushing for 10,000 as the next goal. Yep. Um, I think now that we've passed the thousand mark and is actually gaining a decent amount of traction, I feel a little bit more pressure on me because mm. I'm, I'm, I'm never happy with the product that I put out. So I'm constantly critiquing, can I make this video quality better? Can I get better music? You know, can I better thumbnails? So now that there's more eyes on it, I feel a bit, a little bit more pressure in that area, okay. um, but goal-wise, I, I'm very optimistic that we can hit 10,000 this year, and that's my goal for the year. Sure. Yeah. No. If you're if you're going at a good pace like that, I don't see why not. Are Are you doing any tests related to different types of, um, you know, videos, different approaches? Um, maybe even talk a little bit about thumbnails and how you're approaching that. I've tried a couple different things in my videos unfortunately since you know there's a there's a sequence to building the car i can't really jump around and experiment right. with that too much good point um yep. but I've, I've tried different things within the video um so i'll break the video into like three or four actually two or three acts and i'll narrate a, an opening a middle and then a closing so mm -hmm. i've tried some different things in that i've tried some different lighting um i actually just last night was playing with different thumbnails so we'll see how those go um you know different uh lower thirds for you know reminder to subscribe or you know mention social media right so those things so, are because it's so small it's still hard to gauge a result right no that that's fair 
Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, just at, at this size, you know, you don't just, you don't have enough data for it to really get a good sense of. I mean, you can make educated guesses, but you don't have as much data as you would like or, or even opportunity once something is released. But, you know, that, that grows over time, of course. Now, obviously, you have a story about, you know, rebuilding this car. I mean, what, what happens when you're done with the car? Uh, so once the car is done, I mean, if it ever is done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that the, I have those projects too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing about project cars is they're never done. Even yeah, when they're done, right. they're not done. Um, right. So once the car is actually finished, then there's the chapter of racing the car. And, you know, we're going to go all around ah. at least the southwest, if not the country, and, and actually use the car. Yeah. Um, and I have some idea, other ideas and if it breaks uh, or something car. goes wrong, you you know right. you you have a you have another story. So. Right. Um. I also I have an idea that I would like to do uh, because this type of car, while you can drive it around, um, and you could drive it cross country, it would cost you fifteen thousand dollars in gas to get it there because of the fuel. <laughs> that you need. Sure. So for stuff like that, typically you'll see these cars on a trailer going to a race. So I want to oh. do a build for a trailer also. Oh, okay. well, we'll do like a living quarters and, you know, workshop and stuff like that. And so it's still related to the, the car because yep. it's necessary. Um, right. Also, I have a um, truck that I use that I will pull the trailer. So we'll do some a couple videos about getting the truck set up for towing, you know, maybe lower some wheels, a couple little. So I have some some other options to continue the build or continue the channel even right. after the car is done. And then there's the whole the car is never done. There's. Yeah. You know, we broke this, update this, didn't like that, et cetera. Right, right. No, good good stuff. Um, is there, have you been working, you mentioned a, a welding channel that is a, a mentor, I believe you said. Um, are there other channels that you're working with and maybe collaborating with or even just supporting each other as you go through this process? No, I haven't done any collabs yet. Um, I've actually... We've had the discussion with the welding channel. Um, mm -hmm. His name is the fabricator. So, and okay. we're both local, so it makes it easy for us. Sure. We've sure. had that discussion. Um, we just haven't got to that point yet, but right. I think it might happen sooner than later. Um, yeah. Any of the other channels that I follow, and there's a ton of them, is mm -hmm. either their content doesn't necessarily reflect. I mean, we might be automotive still, but right. they're doing something completely different than what I'm doing. Right. So we haven't. I haven't even really reached out to many others about something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you, you make a good point in terms of the audience kind of going back to what I was talking about before. You'd say automotive, but you know, there are many different audi audiences within automotive. Um, obviously, you've done one thing, right? Looking at it from the point of the, the viewer and what would they be interested in related to the type of automotive channel that you have, which is really important. You kind of broke through that with that point of view, which is really good. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you're, you, you're right in terms of, you know, being selective and in, in terms of really, you know, you don't want to just be on anybody's channel. You want the right audience because they're going to lose, they're going to lose interest in, and that's the last thing you want, I would think. Absolutely. And what I've found is that for the niche of automotive that I'm in it centers around, um, drag racing and street racing and that type of thing. Um, especially at the caliber of car that I'm building, because this is, you know, it's going to be not just a medium fast car. It's going to be pretty ridiculous. There are <laughs> not, see it go. <laughs> there are not that many YouTube channels that I've found that are in that niche. Mm -hmm. And then the ones that I have found, most of them 
are just somebody with a cell phone walking around the shop for 20 minutes pointing at stuff. And right. I can't stand those type of videos. You know, it's, yeah. The fact that the camera never stops and that there is no editing or production or anything, mm. I, I lose interest. Okay. So it's hard to find someone in that automotive, the same automotive niche that I'm in that I could say, hey, let's do something together. Right, right. Okay, no, that, that's fair. So um, to, as we wrap up here, you know, I, I'd like you to share again your channel. Um, anything else you'd like to share that maybe if somebody was starting a YouTube channel, what would be your best tips to get to 1,000 subscribers? Okay, uh, so my channel is Reckless Regal. Mm -hmm. And for someone starting out, I would say don't give up. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, I tell everybody the first thousand is the hardest, the last thousand is the easiest. Um, because over time, as you gain traction, as you gain um, popularity, as YouTube figures out who you are and the algorithm starts to, to recognize you, those gains will compound. It just it takes time. Um, yeah. So you know, stick with it. Constantly refine your craft. Um, but don't, you know, beat your audience over the head with too much content either. Yeah. There, there's a balance. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, read, read your audience. Very good. Sure. Hey, Arthur Guy, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, visit the Tube Labs podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubelog.com. If you find the Tube Labs podcast valuable, don't forget to rate and review it. You may connect with Rosh on Twitter at Rosh Sillers.